when we say video first we mean thinking of video first uh, for any piece of communication and that doesn't mean always video it's about thinking video first and whether a message can be put across in a video format I'm sure it's no surprise to listeners of this podcast that the world that we do business in today is different than the world that we did business in even five, six, seven years ago. You see, particularly when we think about the rise of digital technologies, the increasing speed of internets across the globe, and in particular, bandwidth and resources when it comes to using digital tools integrated into the way that we do business, it really has led to a significant shift. Add to that the global pandemic that we've all been facing over the last 18 months and a shift towards what is now being referred to as a video first way of doing business is very much upon us. So in today's episode, I'm going to be exploring this concept of a video first way of doing business with my guest today. So strap yourself in, let's get into the show. The world of video marketing for business is changing and I don't want you to get left behind. G'day, I'm your host, Ben Amos, and welcome to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you the best in the world of video marketing, content creation, business growth strategy, and storytelling, along with practical tips, insight, and knowledge that you need to grow as a confident video strategist and build profitable businesses. Let's get on with the show. G'day, 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 and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Hey, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I want to extend a very warm welcome to you. But if you've been listening now for, say, 222 previous episodes, then you are awesome. I seriously appreciate you and can't wait to share another awesome episode with you today. But before we get into it, I just want to extend a quick invitation to you. If you haven't yet joined the online video strategy community Facebook group, which is my absolutely free Facebook group for video strategists like you who listen to this podcast, then I encourage you to come on over and join us in the conversation there. You can go to engagevideomarketing.com slash group and request to join. Simple as that. Follow a couple of steps and you will be in the group. And in particular, why I want to invite you to that right now is very soon, In fact, on the 15th of November, 2021, which is very soon as of the release of this podcast, I'm going to be releasing a three-part video training series absolutely free to you, which is going to take you deep into the world of video strategy as a video professional, which is, I know, many of the listeners of this podcast. So find out more about that by joining that Facebook group at engagevideomarketing.com slash group and check out your emails if you're on my email list because you will be hearing a lot more about this free training coming very, very soon. But for now, let's get into today's episode. So we're gonna talk about this idea of a video first business. And I know for listeners of this podcast that you get the value of video. You understand the power of using video tools across all levels of marketing, communications, and sales within a business. But my guest today is really deep in this space. My guest is Paul Mortimer, and Paul has extensive knowledge on video-first ways of operating as a business, going beyond just marketing and sales use cases. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how videos transformed the way that they do business with his agency that he works for, 
and particular asynchronous video communication, which we have talked about on this podcast before, but we're going to explore this idea further with Paul. Now, Paul has risen up the ranks from content marketer to head of growth over six years at the award-winning HubSpot agency, Digital 22, and he forms part of the agency's leadership team. He also hosts the podcast Video First, Digital 22 specialist video podcast covering topics like creating videos on a budget, using YouTube for your business, and growing your podcast production value. Paul helps lead a team of over 45 in-house marketers, copywriters, designers, and developers who are experts in inbound marketing, and he knows HubSpot's platform inside and out. He actually previously, in a previous life, worked as an English literature teacher, as well as a freelance writer and photographer. Fun facts for you. So in today's episode, we're going to explore what this idea of video first means for business today and where success can be considered with video, where many businesses might not have considered video previously, even three, four or five years ago. We're going to unpack some examples of how to do this in your business and really what's holding many people in business back. And real quick, before we get into this episode, I just want to apologize for the quality of the audio on my end. Now, my guest Paul had an awesome microphone and he managed to actually ensure that he had the right audio source selected when we were recording this interview. However, this interview I was recording in my home office and I kind of messed things up. So apologies, we've got slightly lower quality audio than usual in this podcast, but the content is super valuable and I'm sure you will forgive me for this one. So let's get into it. So that's enough from me. Let's jump in as I introduce you to the awesome Paul Mortimer from Digital 22. G'day, Paul. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing, Ben? Nice to be here. I'm doing well. As of the time of this recording, it's Friday afternoon and the weekend is nearing. But for you, it's bright and early on Friday morning. In fact, you're only just waking up and having your coffee at the morning. Yeah, that's so right. I'm looking forward to connecting and hopefully we won't be throwing too many curly ones at you. <laughs> uh, yeah, not so bright yet. It's We're just uh, coming into the middle of autumn, so it's still nice and dark and windy and blustery, but I'm always up at this time, so one of my favourite favorite time of the day, really. Very good. So, Paul, for people that haven't heard about yourself or your agency, Digital 22, can you fill us in a little bit on, well, first of all, where are you coming from that's bright and early this morning and tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, sure. We're coming from, or I'm coming from the UK. I'm in Burnley, just outside of Manchester, but the agency is a elite, hub, elite HubSpot partner <clears throat> from the UK. Uh, we also work out of Nova Scotia in Canada. Um, we've been all in on HubSpot for around seven to eight years, but also we're a Vidyard partner and um, help companies adopt using Vidyard. So we primarily started as an inbound marketing agency and then have grown into other other areas of HubSpot as that's grown. Um, but also, as you'd expect, being a marketing agency, have been using video for years. But then we, as we started adopting things like the HubSpot Sales Hub and all the other areas that that platform grew into, we've rolled video out across all of those areas. So what I do at the agency is is lead that area of what we do, of uh, adopting video-first working for our customers. Um, I'm from a content background, so it was a natural fit 
for video to come into my role as that grew uh, and became uh, more than just written content. And uh, that's what I look after now. Excellent. You you referred to the term there, video first. I'm interested mm. in what does that that idea of video first when it comes to the world of business sales marketing mean to you? Okay, so video, when we, when we say video first, we mean thinking of video first uh, for any piece of communication. And that doesn't mean always video. Um, it doesn't mean everything has to be video. Um, there's still the right place and time for written content, short or long. And it's about thinking video first and whether a message can be put across in a video format. Reasons being that not everybody's a fast typer, as practical as that. So sending an email that is longer than it takes to record uh, a two to three minute video, somebody somebody could be spending half an hour trying to craft the message with the right tone and put the point across, and it still comes across ambiguous in text-only format. If you're trying to explain, say, the answer to a complex question that a colleague asked or a sales prospect, you can do it a lot quicker in a video format um, in certain situations. So it's about thinking video first of, could this actually be put across better in a video? And then that works not just in the examples there, like colleague to colleague emails or to sales prospects. It's the same on social, it's the same on web pages, it's the same in blogs and anywhere else that you're communicating. Um, you can get so many more efficiencies from thinking that way. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously listeners to this podcast, they understand the power of video. You know, yeah. we, we get it. We, we get the power of video to connect in much deeper ways than written form, than, you know, still images and so on. However, despite that, when it comes to using video in ways that maybe haven't been traditionally a video format, such as email, such as, you know, one-to-one -one messaging and communication in that way, I, I still see and feel a lot, of, a lot of objections being raised by people in business. You know, even, even with people who are comfortable being on video for, for marketing, for advertising, for promotional purposes, they, they, they get that. But I'm interested to hear from you, Paul, what objections do you, do you hear commonly from people about using video in that more personal, one-to-one, -one, direct way? The biggest one, 100%, is getting on camera. Um, I know people who work in different marketing departments, uh, companies, um, who I speak to, and they get it and everything, like you just said, we understand the stats, we understand the power of video, but people are still, I think, hardwired to be hesitant of being on camera um, because it's, the, it's, it's a strange paradox that, the power that makes that video so effective and engaging to the listener is because we are hardwired to listen and respect to that person on the screen, all the things we know. So that makes it a big thing to be on camera for a person. And that is the biggest blocker for video adoption across a business. But um, that is completely normal. And everybody, every single person I, I've worked with has that. Um, for one-to-one -one messaging in particular, I think another another place that comes from, from speaking to companies is they've probably done video in the past. And I'm thinking of people who have the keys to the budget now and the sign-off 
um, if you're a marketer or a sales manager or something uh, and you need to invest in, in rolling this out, I think people have a hangover of having tried video in the past and it not worked as well as they hoped. It didn't change the world. Perhaps a marketing video, they've probably done a case study, they've probably done an About Us video and thrown it out there and it didn't go viral. It didn't do all the things they wanted it to. So why would you invest in putting it into your messages? Um, and we kind of counter that with like, you can just immediately expect anywhere between three to 6% more meetings from your sales team by adopting video into their email messaging. But then you still come back to that objection of getting them on camera and doing it and building that habit. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's it's human nature in a way, or it's it's related to human nature, I think, is that, you know, people fear putting themselves out there. There's there's a vulnerability, right? So, you know, when I was mentioning before that I've seen this hesitation even with people who are comfortable being on camera. So it's not it's not yeah. the fact of being on camera. So they'll get up and they'll do a marketing video or they'll do a video blog or they'll do a promotional piece and they'll feel comfortable doing that. But when you ask them to send a direct message to someone when it's not scripted and perfect and maybe, you know, they haven't had their hair and makeup done, for example, <laughs> there's this massive hesitation, right? But counter that with the fact that nowadays people are used to jumping on a Google Meet or a Zoom call mm. or, you know, a video call and they're not often overthinking that. What do you think it is about about that one, like what we call asynchronous video messaging, where it's one mm. video sent to someone who then watches it and receives it in their own time? Why is that more fearful for people than jumping on a video call? Somebody who best explained it to me was a is it technically he's a public speaking coach, but he's more of just a confidence uh inspiring coach and he, and he had a great analogy they explained to us and he, he walked across the room uh he went to one side of the room and we were all sat in our chairs in like a little workshop um and he talked about how long we've been around as a species if you look at i don't have to, i can't remember the exact numbers now i'm not an anthropologist but a million years or whatever we we when we first became conscious beings and were what we know today as humans we, we obviously were living in caves we were fearful of the dark we were fearful of that big lion that was going to come and eat us and he starts started walking across the room that was probably i don't know 15 feet wide or something with a table at one side and he, he got to sort of more or less to the table and said right in terms of history here is where civilization as we know it was invented and then he got closer and closer to the, t to the table where you're talking fingers width away from the table was where we didn't have to worry about the animal coming to eat us or the nearest tribe who had spears and we didn't was going to come and just wipe us out. So we've got all this hardwired build in us to be on the defense and that fight or flight syndrome is there that made us survive as a, as a species and we don't have barring you're in an exceptional circumstance in your day to day you don't have fight or flight things actually happening so when you get anything that's remotely scary 
putting yourself out there on a camera and sending it out to the world, you've got these underlying things that kick in and make you worry. That's why people don't like presenting. That's why people don't like going on a first date. That's why people don't like going on camera and, and putting themselves on record out there ready to be judged because, oh, that's a bit worrying. And then that triggers something that's, oh, wow, we need to worry. We need to panic. We need to get on the defense, make sure it's all right. And we're not going to die. And you're not going to die. You're putting a video out there and that is it. The worst is going to happen. And when you can realize that and get comfortable with it, that's when you can start making videos freely. And another thing that helps people get, get over that, I think, is if you listen to, say, think of who your favorite actors are, listen to her on a podcast and an interview, I bet they don't like watching themselves on film. How many of these great actors go and talk about, I don't know, it could be anybody, um, they, they never watch their films back, they've never seen it, they go and watch it because it's the 30th anniversary and it's a big premiere or something like that, and they haven't seen it ever, they don't watch themselves. Even those people who were brilliant and are loved on camera don't like watching themselves, so it's completely normal. And that is the best theory I've heard why. Um, and then that puts it into perspective that really, like, it's a natural reaction, but our logical brain can can minimise that once you know it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I'm hearing you say there, which is which is spot on, is the idea that it is human nature, as you said. It's it's millennial of human conditioning and human nature that that is at, at play here. But it's also it's also just it's you who probably has more fear or more um, more criticism of yourself on camera than the person who you're sending oh, yeah. to. And then you the know? weird thing is... Because we well, are our own worst critic. Absolutely. And then, and then the, the thing that's weird with that is like those stutters, those misstarts, those, the cat jumping on you and you think it makes you look silly. Those are the things that actually are endearing and make the recipient see your human as well and appreciate you and make your messaging more effective if it's a sales use case or to a colleague and building relationships with each other. Those are the things that actually make your communication better anyway. So it's so strange that we we fear that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that the common objection that I hear is that even if people can get they can understand the value in, in sending video messages, asynchronous video messages using tools like Vidyard and email and so on, is that they fear that sending that to someone will be weird, like because people aren't getting many videos and emails, right? So there's a there's a common objection I hear, which is saying that, well, no one else is doing this. I would be the only person sending that person a video in their email. Like, isn't that weird? Isn't that like mm. obtrusive? Aren't I like, um, you know, doing something that makes me seem like I'm not professional or not communicating the way that is expected? What do you say to that? It's a, it's a, good, it's a good point and one that a lot of people raise. Somebody always raises that in the in the journey of this. And that's kind of that paradox I mentioned earlier. That that's why it is effective because other people aren't doing it. Um, yeah, that's the whole point. That is the whole point exactly. That is what that's your your advantage, and it's going to be a short window where this is still an advantage. Um, the rest of the market 
your rescue competition will catch up and be doing this and you'll wish you had done it. Uh, that's anything new is challenging and scary and that's completely normal and that's how that's how we try and coach people to combat it. But the technique to get around it that I've seen effective is to start small and start internal because what you're actually afraid of, I think, is it's not just putting yourself on camera because you can not watch it back and you can get over that and like you said we're on video calls every day for the past 18 months and we'll continue to be so even when we're not remote from each other it's the fact you're putting on record an answer or um a piece of advice or and and something i think psychologically different from putting in an email and putting on a video to people like you could put some advice in and a link and check this out it might be right might be wrong you still has to do certain things on email but on video you i think people are a bit worried of what might i say that slips out that i can't just go back and delete like i could in an email but that's completely fine because it's not legally binding advice it's not going to be held up in a review by your boss or anything like that it is part of a wider picture of building that relationship and if you can have that as the end goal, but start small, start internal, send a video, buddy up with somebody and say, right, we're both struggling with this. We can see the benefits, but we're struggling and getting over this hurdle of doing it. Why don't we start with each other? I'm putting a proposal together that I'm going to send this slide deck to the customer or prospective customer. I could do some feedback. Why don't I run through it on video with you? You do me a video back and break that ice internally in a safe space. And then keep doing that and grow out from there. Keep the videos short, keep them internal, keep them to somebody who's doing the fit, doing the return favor with you internally. And then you can build that habit. And before you know it, 21 days later, you'll be in a, you'll be in a routine where your instinct is to go to a prospect. Oh, yeah, I'll just explain that. I've got it on screen, blah, blah, blah. Oh, fucking hell, I've just done it. And I didn't, I've just, I've started doing it. I've gone to do the video and I didn't even realize, um, and that, that's what you're aiming for. So start small, start internal is, is how to overcome it. And also explain that bigger picture. Yeah. I think that's that's really good because I think that anything that is, is fearful to people only comes from, you know, lack of confidence. And confidence comes from taking action, you know, from doing something. We're never confident the first time we do something or the second time we do something. Confidence comes from taking action right so little action consistently leads to confidence in anything right mm. and i think i just want to add to that as well that you talked about that fear of uh, misspeaking or communicating in the wrong way through video but i think that the opposite is actually more true with video because it's much easier i believe to be misinterpreted in text in an email yeah. when you're typing something as far as your tone, your intended tone, your nuance of what you're trying to communicate than in video, because, you know, if you are being sarcastic or a bit humorous yeah. or, um, you know, uh, or, even unsure. or even unsure, it can come yeah. through on video. Whereas if you're typing it into a, into a, a sentence, it's hard to, it's hard to do that in a way that comes across as, in the right way, right? So, especially, especially any anything sensitive. So, think of 
anything complicated for the marketing use case can be explained. We know that a lot quicker in video, but also when you're building these relationships and it could be marketing emails, sales emails, or to existing clients or to colleagues, if you've got something where you're perhaps giving some constructive feedback or bringing up a topic that's going to lead to that, it can be done in a lot less scary way um, in a video. So true that. That's a good point, man. Um, yeah. Just the little nuances. You've got the visual it. cues. Exactly. Just exactly. Yeah. 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 I'd love to get a little bit tactical with you because as a uh, HubSpot agency and, you know, Vidyard partner, for listeners of this podcast, I know that they've, well, I'm making assumptions, right? But I'm <laughs> fairly certain that they've heard of HubSpot, whether they're using it or have used it, but they have heard of HubSpot. But they've also heard of Vidyard. We had Tyler Lassard. Um, from the head of marketing of Vidyard recently on the show. So I, I assume they've heard of these tools, right? But can you talk about tactically how they can actually work for a business together? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I guess the why I was excited to talk to, to you was the, the use case of taking video beyond marketing with these tools is what you can do. So yeah. obviously HubSpot's been, well, I say, like you say, I say obviously, but maybe not. So HubSpot's been a marketing uh, tool as its leading function um, for 15, getting towards 15 years since the invent of the inbound methodology by Brian and Darmesh, the founders. It's grown into a business-wide platform. It's taken on, uh, Salesforce wants to be the best, CRM. It wants to be the best marketing tool. It wants to be the best CRM. It's a business-wide platform. Where Vidyard fits into that puzzle is it's a business-wide video platform. So it's designed equally to work for marketing sales and internal communications. So it's um, very, very good at marketing videos. It gives you all sorts of functionality and analytics that um, other tools can't. It's data tracking's just insightful and deep. And the beauty of it is it also is very, very good at the sales play as well. So it links to contact records. It links to, it tells you what individual viewer behavior, but also makes it super easy for your sales and delivery teams to communicate via video. But it's all, all the data is in that same backend ecosystem. Um, and there's lots of other little ways that you can use, use the tool as well across the business. So it's the ease of using it for both sides of the buyer's journey, pre and post customer, but then also getting it into your departments like HR, for example, and using the same techniques for recruitment or um, save, saving videos on there for new starters that run through company policies. So they obviously get inducted with whoever they meet, their manager and, and the HR team and things like that. But nobody's going to remember all the things that get said to them in those meetings and people have follow-up questions that they'll ask but they'll either be putting someone out having to answer it again or feel like they don't want to ask so they don't ask it but you can get lots of internal training videos communications that can stay on file don't need to be answered again by the person and don't and 
people who are fearful of asking stupid questions and in inverted commas can actually go and get the answer in a safe space. So, you, so your business can pick up these efficiencies all over the place by um, by deploying it across all those divisions, sales, marketing, and internal comms. Yeah, awesome. Can you share an example just to really paint a picture for the listener that yeah. doesn't really understand the power of these tools together? Can you share an example or a use case or even a case study from your own business or a client you've worked with to really understand the power of using these tools in in sales and communication? Yeah. So if we go through the customer journey, um, we saw – we, we, we saw a um, the benefit of video marketing and then used it in the one-to-one messaging for sales. Um, we built it into our processes and put simple videos onto all of our landing pages and service pages and saw so 63% increase in form submissions. Then when we built in one-to-one messaging in the sales process, it shortened sales cycles uh, and led to happier customers. And we achieved plus 70 client NPS, which is just above our target. And I think it falls into the world-class category. But then... Can you clarify NPS for us? Yeah, of course. So it's a it's a, it's a scoring metric based on the question um, on 1 to 10, how likely would you be to recommend uh, our service? And if you score 1 to 7, you're classed as a detractor. Uh, sorry, one to six, you're a detractor. Most people score seven to eight, like you're good, but I don't give nines and tens out lightly and you're classed as neutral. And then people who score nine and 10 are sort of like your evangelists, the people who would talk about you. Um, everybody who falls into one to six brings your score down. Everyone nine to 10 brings it up and you end up with this plus or minus like uh, statistic. Um, yeah, NPS or net promoter score for exactly. those people who haven't heard that before. Yeah, um, cool. so, that's awesome. So, so, so we've also shortened the sales cycle there, and we've they're coming into us as a happier place. Um, but then our service, we we, we survey them later because there's always a honeymoon period, isn't there, when when somebody signs? So after a few months, we survey customers, and that's where that score came from because we hand over work with. Um, videos for example so when we've put together a strategy or um, a campaign plan or a design document anything where there's room for subjectiveness um, it's sent with a video that explains you told us this this and this we went and did this research which also told us this this and this it showed that when you told us 0.12 of what you told us it was not quite the best thing to do. So what we did was we adapted that, but we've definitely leaned into all the other things you told us. And here's the final picture. Give us your feedback about X, Y, and Z. And we get product, uh, we get pieces of work, we get deliverables signed off a lot quicker. They understand that there's been thought process behind it. And if it's not what they were exactly expecting, they know why and can appreciate the professional thinking that's gone into it. So the whole sign-off process is quicker and they can they can see and hear and meet more people from us, from our agency. So we work with making it easy. You have one point of contact, but when your work comes, you get to see the people who've produced it. So you get to meet the writer who's done that blog. They've explained what it is, what the thinking was. You see the designer who's done your homepage. They've talked you through it. Um, so all those things make the working process faster 
and the relationship stronger. And that's the that's what's driven the uh, client NPS scores that we've seen. It's, it's communication. Video's the tool yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, fa that's facilitated it. That's all. It's the people who've done it, but we've plugged in that video tool to make it more official. And you've mentioned a few times that asynchronous video. That that's what it is. That's that that's the key because it's it's so much more efficient in calendar time. Yeah, um, that's what I was just about to say. There is really what you're talking about. There is is communication. It's improving communication with your with your prospects, with your clients, depending on where they are in that journey with your business. And you know, I think anyone in business knows that one of the most common things that people want in a business relationship is good communication. You know, hell, that's what most people want in any human relationship. You know, just talk to my wife, just communicate better. <laughs> you know? But it's true, right? In any in any relationship, you know, is is if we can have good, clear communication that doesn't allow for confusion or uncertainty or second guessing, then it leads to just a better relationship, whether it be business or personal. And that's what you're talking about using video there to do. You can't underestimate that. The I recently moved house and all our all our things were in storage um, for a few months whilst we lived with parents. And anyway, we got we got the keys to the new house and rang a few um, house movers. One who was the fairest price seems most on it. Just work with those guys. It's it's not a lot. It's just shifting boxes in a van, extra pair of hands, that kind of thing. Didn't think too much into it. Worked with two two blokes who came um, rolled onto the car park in a rusty big old white van and I'm thinking oh this this is going to be a good day like in a good way like they looked you know that thumbs up beeping the horn like where are you Paul where are you? Um, so I'm like oh at least I'm going to have a good laugh and I tell you what the the way they worked was fantastic in terms of uh, I hope I'm painting the right picture of what I mean here sort of had no expectations of learning anything. I thought we were just emptying a storage unit and moving it into a house. And I knew they'd do it better than we would. They wouldn't scratch the wardrobe and things like that. I expected that. But what I saw was every little thing was communicated and it happened. Everything, the whole job was done a lot faster and cheaper than I was expecting. But the way they worked was the way they did that was by over communicating and every step. And it was, Ben, I'm moving this cup. What are you doing next? Uh, I'm I'm going to tidy up this box over here and put it in the back of the van. Right, so I'll leave this one here. All right. Yep, I'm doing it now, mate. And half the time when they communicated, it was, I'm moving this cup. Yep. You didn't. I'm like, why are they doing this? And then I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll in my head, I'll just take this and put it in the van. And then I'm walking down the corridor. Where's that box I was about to take? Oh, sorry, I've got it. So when I was going in and, <laughs> and trying to help and not communicating, it was disrupting the flow and making things complicated. And these are house movers who you think on the face of it, it's just moving stuff and it's simple. But they had the communication nailed and made it so, so more effective and so slick to work. And that's something that you can do. That's the same principle there when you're handing over a project, a complicated piece of work. If you're a marketing team, giving it to your sales team or handing over a from a sales team to a delivery team, you Open that communication is key, like you say, and I think that is the, the route to success and video is the best way to communicate. So why wouldn't you use it in your in your communication processes more? I love that. 
um, analog example that you've shared there of the, the house movers, you know, because clearly what they've what they've understood, whether they're um, conscious of it or not, in in developing the way that they work in their business, is that the power of communication, right? To be a, for efficiency, for a good customer experience. But the problem is, I think, when we take that that knowledge of what good communication means into the digital world that we do business in today, which is much more low touch, right, than than it ever used to be. Low touch, high tech, as I've talked about here on this podcast before. But the problem is, is that, you know, if we're if we're doing things that are too digital and we're not focusing on the high touch element, then it can just be a really bad experience for people. Especially video in, in this way brings that high touch back. Especially in especially in things in the marketing realm, SEO, something that's a slow burn, something that you might plan three months worth of tactics and not win any backlinks, but you've done hours and hours of work. And if you just say, yeah, the plan we all thought would work, you, that you signed up for didn't work, we're going to do this in an email in two sentences. No wonder you're either your boss who gave you the go ahead or your client who's paying your bills is going to get a bit miffed. But if you're keeping them up, keeping them updated with little one minute progress updates of we've had a bit of a bite, just wanted to end the week with some good news, speak to you at the full monthly report. You're building that trust and communication all the way along, along the time, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. Really, really good examples there, um, Paul. So I'm, I'm interested just to pick your brain a little bit or, I mean, let's just have a let's just have a conversation about about the future of of video, whether it be asynchronous messaging, like we're talking about primarily in this episode today, or just the role for video in business. Because uh, you know, the the last eighteen months of you know the global pandemic has meant that more and more people are moving into digital and remote yeah. ways of doing business. It's even internally in many cases for teams, it's harder to walk across to your colleague's desk on the other side of the office and have a chat with them. So we're embracing digital tools much faster than we ever needed to before. So where do you think this role for video in business, you know, not in the marketing side of things, because that's still going to be there, but in the just doing business side of things, what's coming, what's happening next? More video and in a way where because of, like you say, those external outside of work uh, trends and tools and platforms and viewing habits are going to shape how we how we communicate with video in business. So what I mean by that is um, log on, thanks to the likes, probably Snapchat started it, but TikTok more more prevalently. Every platform, it seems, even YouTube, is adopting these short reels, these short TikTok-style videos, where video is such a disposable commodity, uh, thanks to cheap data, easily readable, easily available Wi-Fi, better, ever better smartphones. You can quickly make and send a video, and there is no premium in the content viewer's mind on a video piece anymore. So what I think that means for the future of video in business is that video will become disposable in communication as well. We will be sending 
video to video emails as a matter of course, as a matter of routine. So we need to take that advantage while we can, like we said at the start. So whilst it's an opportunity for sales, take it. Because in the future, I think video communication or voice communication will just be the norm, especially when Gen Z enters the workforce in full force. Quick, short pieces will be the vast majority. And what that does at the other end of the spectrum that I find really interesting is when you do go and do a polished produced video, which is great for me as a from an artistic creative angle, that bar actually when you do invest in a polished video is getting higher, which makes it more fun to produce and more fun to uh, actually work on. So the vast majority of your video is going to, the, the bar of quality is getting lower. But when you do invest in a video marketing campaign or a case study or a sales video, the quality needs to be better because there's so much video around. If you just do a run of the mill video, you're not going to stand out at all. You haven't been able to for the past two to three years even. But now it's accelerating faster where that bar of quality on your produced videos needs to be higher. And I think that's where we're going to go. The, this middle bit of video where it's a run-of-the-mill corporate video, I think that I think that will disappear because it just won't be effective. Yeah, I think that's that's really fascinating because, you know, what we're seeing as we see this shift towards the democratisation of video, meaning it's in the hands of, of everyone, the ability to create video content is that it will become more ubiquitous and everywhere. But what I love about what you said there is it actually makes the the role for that professional video producer even more important because it's it's no longer just about having the ability to make video, which yeah. 10, 15 years ago you had to go to a professional video producer to produce video content, you know, that was anywhere near possible. Right? <laughs> um, but now that's in our smartphones, that's in our webcams. So the role for a video producer to really, to really nail the messaging, to really nail the craft, and to really nail the, the strategy behind the campaign is is now more important than ever. Absolutely, absolutely. And you don't. The good thing is don't, don't be put off there thinking, oh, oh shit, that's going to cost tens of thousands, then, isn't it? No, because thankfully, the price of software, the price of kit is coming down as well. So someone, we're, we're not a big production house. We're not going to make TV adverts. There's people who do that. If you've got the budget for that, don't, don't come to, don't work with somebody like us. We do videos for an online space, but what it means is exactly what you say. We, what, why I enjoy it so much is we now have to be more creative on the topic, on the strategy, on the script, on the, the, the graphics that we add on the on the little touches that make it stand out and the, and the production itself rather than um, well we don't have time to do all that because all your money's gone on renting all that kit so we can actually get it's more it's more fun and more creative to work on yeah and more important that you get the right strategy excellent hey just in closing you Paul I want to I want to ask you a question for those video strategists out there, those producers who are finding themselves in that role of providing strategy advice to their business clients. In in helping those businesses who we're working with 
adopt this mentality of video video first because I believe for for those video producers, those production companies, those video agencies who have built relationships with their clients, there's a real opportunity to be that trusted advisor to help them integrate video in many more ways, which obviously doesn't involve the production company in producing those videos. But the, the, those businesses are turning to us for advice on what we should be doing across the rest of the organization. So my question to you, Paul, is is how would you help those video strategists, those video producers convince or, you know, help their business clients rethink this idea of going video first? I think the stats and the time window so like I said earlier, over 60% form submission rates, you can expect on a website page, um, typically the industry expectation is anywhere between 60 to 70% of page conversion by installing a simple video. We've seen since we adopted a video first approach, the client experience improve to, like I said, plus 70 MPS. Also the internal efficiencies from uh, communicating with video, are we've seen the EMPS, the employee MPS, at our highest levels as well, and those efficiencies actually have knock-on effects for the business in terms of working faster with happier employees, who then become stickier, um, and you don't have the dead time of unproductive unproductive employees or lost employees and trying to find new ones. So your whole business moves faster and it's sort of, it's like that flywheel effect of removing friction um, and making the whole thing move faster and smoother because video can remove friction on all points of your business's processes. Marketing, we know. Sales, more and more people know. But also internally, in terms of client management, peer-to-peer colleagues, communications, recruitment and training of new staff. The whole piece moves faster when you're adopting a video first approach. Yeah, I love that. And businesses don't want to get left behind, right? So the stats don't lie. The speed of adoption is evident. So got you don't lean that. into that. The 20... The, the reports released at the start of 2020, like sort of pre-pandemic, were if you use video in the sales process, you are ahead of 80% of the competition. Now, in the end of 2021 reports, 47% of sales teams are adopting or say they're adopting video into their sales process. I don't think that many actually will be because people are still hesitant to doing it, but they're planning on for 2022. So it's already doubled in about 18 months. So where will it be in another 18 months? And do you want to miss that window? Yeah, there you go. The opportunity is now. I think that's a great place to end this episode. Paul, it's been it's been really fun talking to you about this stuff that I geek out on and um, I've really enjoyed your take on this as well. So for people that want to connect further or check out more of what you are up to, where's the best place for people to send or people to go? Um digital22.com is probably the best place to start and if you want to check out video content in particular just go to video.digital22.com awesome paul mortimer uh can we can we connect with you on linkedin do you want to make connections in that way 
Yeah, hundred um, percent. There's a Let's million. There's a million Paul Mortimers, um, but I'll give uh, you. I'll, 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 I'll email you directly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll have links to Paul and Digital Twenty Two in the show notes for this episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash two two three two hundred and twenty three. Hey, Paul, this has been fun. No, I've enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on, Ben. Hey, thanks again to Paul Mortimer from Digital 22 for joining me on this episode. You will find all the links to Paul and his agency and how to connect with him on LinkedIn and so on over at the show notes for this episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash 223. And a quick reminder that if you want to stay up to date with the free training, which is coming out very soon, which is going to teach you how to develop as an online video strategist for your business, then go to engagevideomarketing.com slash group and request to join the video strategist community on Facebook. So I'd really love to see you over there and welcome you in to the community very, very soon. So thanks again for joining me for this episode. If you've got value, of course, with this episode, then please leave a rating and a review on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Once again, I am Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and it's my role to help engage your ideal audience to action through effective video marketing. See you in the next episode.